the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome, everybody, to Southern California Live. This is our number two. I'm Scott Furrow, your host and former warden at the Twitter jail. You know what Twitter jail is or Facebook jail? That's when you post something that is not politically correct, according to whoever runs that jail for real, and uh, you get banned. You get banned out of there. One of those people who's been in trouble lately is Elon Musk. And uh, he threatened a couple of weeks ago that he was going to start his own social media company. And he just decided, you know what, I think I'll buy Twitter. And that has been one of the biggest stories of the day is Elon Musk, who now owns over 9% of Twitter, which gives him a lot of power in that company. And he is being invited to sit on the Twitter board. And uh, I'll tell you a little bit about, more about that in a minute. But here's the question I want to ask you is this, what speech ought to be banned? Like, is there any kind of speech that I, where do we draw the line when we live in this world of uh, that's crazy? I don't know if we're going to survive social media because it's a different kind of speech. It it makes everybody their own their own news reporter, their own source of information, all of that. Uh, what do you think about that? What kind of where should we draw that line? Eight, 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 five, two, eight, two, five, five, seven is the number. Eight, 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 five, two, eight, two, five, five. Seven, this is Southern California Live. SoCal Live will be, we are on every day from three to five each and every weekday. And uh, we talk about what's going on in the news. We bring it to you from a Christian perspective. And we talk about a lot of other issues that are are helpful to your Christian walk or to uh, help you understand who Jesus is ultimately. I like to look at it as we talk about some of these subjects. And if you're a believer, you know, how do you have a, a productive conversation about something that is uh, controversial or just something in the news to people in your life who you might be sharing Christ with? Um, how can you have fun with it if it's funny? Or how can you be serious? How can you be accurate? We all try to try to do that. 888-528-2557. You can give me a call, 888-LA-TALKS. You can email me at SoCalLive at KKLA.com. SoCalLive at KKLA.com if you can't get to your phone. But the phone number is 888-528-2557. All right. So one of the big stories is Elon Musk buying part of Twitter. Now, if you are not on Twitter, then I would say good for you. Don't go on there. Twitter will steal your soul. I don't know if we're going to actually survive social media. The thing is about Twitter, the interesting thing about it is that it's one of the smaller of the big social medias, probably the smallest, but it is the most influential. Have you noticed that? Have you noticed when you're watching the news and you just turn on the local news uh, also the cable news, and you see some reporter's name, and then underneath their name is the at symbol. Uh, that It's that A with a little circle around it, right? That's what you put in the middle of your your email address. And uh, that at, and then what's there, and you have a little blue bird, that's their Twitter handle, and they're inviting you to follow them on, on the Twitter machine. And it's amazing how influential Twitter has become when there's not really a lot of people on there. But it's incredible. Think about the influence that Donald Trump, when he was president, before he was banned from Twitter, which is kind of the issue, uh, people who are being taken off there. Um, 
think about how much influence Twitter is having when your news broadcasters, your political figures, people from all around the world, whenever they tweet something, it it makes the news, whether you're on Twitter or not. One of the reasons it'll just steal your soul is people are pretty mean and nasty on there. And if you're going to be anywhere on social media, I recommend, you know, I don't know that I can recommend it at all, but if you're going to be on there, make it something where you can talk with your family, talk to your to your friends, and uh, just keep it simple. But don't get in arguments with people. Nobody has changed anybody's mind from a political statement on Twitter or on Facebook or any of these places. I don't think it, that it works. I don't think it was really made for that. Um, but it's all on there. And there's so much on there that is fake, all right? So one of the things going around with the Elon Musk situation is is this. There's a guy, his uh, his handle is uh, uh, L Over, and he's being quoted everywhere because he says this. My name is Jackson Muholland, and I am one of many people here working at Twitter. And he says that he works for Twitter and it has got the Twitter handle. He says, in charge of developing terms and conditions for users, We're not stripping away free speech. We're protecting users from bullies, bigots, and spam. I refuse to work for Elon Musk. I'm resigning. So people are giving him either praise or criticism. But the thing is that that guy's fake. And if you click on his account, he says it's a satire account. And he's posting that just to generate the the feelings that people then respond to. And famous people are quoting this guy and retweeting it from the left and the right, depending on what their perspective is. And it's completely fake. This is what we have to be sure about, uh, to understand that so much of what we get online is driven to just get you online and get you to click and get you to get enraged by it. And maybe you agree. Maybe you wish that that were true. Maybe it's the other side. Now, this thing, uh, this was retweeted today by uh, Rand Paul, Senator Rand Paul, and Rand Paul has weighed in on the Elon Musk and Twitter thing. Go ahead and play uh, clip one. Well, you know, my hope is it brings a new ethos to the company. I mean, this is a company where the CEO not too many months ago said, ah, the First Amendment doesn't apply to us. And while technically that's true, the First Amendment doesn't prevent Twitter from regulating or censoring speech. There's also just the idea of whether freedom of speech, whether open liberal debate is a good or a bad thing. And I think this is where many liberals mistake this. They all of a sudden have discovered the First Amendment doesn't apply to private individuals and private companies. And that's right. But that doesn't mean the idea of freedom of speech is not a good one. I think Elon Musk has been a voice out there saying, yeah, we need more freedom of speech, and it is a good idea to have more freedom of speech. So I'm hoping, you know, we've already seen some on the left, you know, wigging out and saying they're leaving Twitter if Elon Musk is coming. I say good riddance. I say, you know, if the left, if the left-wing crazies that are trying to censor speech leave Twitter, then it'll be a better place. And uh, there you go. He says good riddance, but the guy he's referring to uh, doesn't exist. It's a fake person. See, Twitter, it just, this world we live in, it is very difficult to navigate what is true and what isn't. And and the hard part is that we really think of it as uh, we we will retweet or we will forward or we will put in our email or we will just have conversations with our friends about stuff that we've read on social media that's not true. Christian, we can't do that. I'm sure I've probably been duped before on different things. I've gotten in the habit of just clicking on a story and trying to verify it somewhere else, uh, especially if it's from a news source I've never heard. And any of us can go start a news source right now. You can go start your own. You can have a Twitter account. If something goes viral, what that means is that a lot of people start sharing it. You can become very popular and have a very big voice all of a sudden, and you can be completely a fake person. 
I follow lots of uh, on the Twitter. I just try to have fun with it. It's a it's a great source for news. It's a very and and once again, I'm not encouraging you to do that. But the reason where Twitter is great is that it gives you news right up to the moment because people can put things on there that's live. There was a guy who live tweeted the Osama bin Laden raid in Pakistan, and that was what more than ten years ago, eleven years ago this year. Um, and there's a guy down the street who's like, oh, there's a lot of ruckus going on down the street. And he and he narrates all the stuff that's going. And he suddenly realizes there's a helicopter crashing stuff. He doesn't know it's Osama bin Laden. He doesn't know it's the Americans. But that guy is the only live reporting of the Osama bin Laden raid. And last summer when everything was horrific in Afghanistan, there was – uh, a briefing at the Pentagon where the Pentagon was saying that the Taliban are five hours away from entering Kabul. And a reporter turned around and said, I'm on Twitter right now and they're in Kabul right now. And it's because it was live and people were saying, no, they're, they're beating people up and have come in the city right now. There's, there's something about Twitter that can be useful. It can be useful whenever there's been, you know, active shooters and people can send out a mass tweet to a bunch of people that they, maybe they go to school with and they get out. Um, but there's just a whole lot of falsehood on their other. Where is the line? And so what's happening is Twitter and Facebook and other will ban people. They tend to ban people more for conservative thinking or conserv- or thinking that's outside of whatever the sort of the, the media narrative is about things. But where is the line? And is it better to just go start your own speaking somewhere like some of these other Twitter wannabes that are being started? Or do we change the rules? Elon Musk in buying such a big state of Twitter, he's been invited to serve on the board of Twitter. Uh, it's going to change it. So today on there, people are saying, bring back President Trump. Uh, should that happen? 888-528-2557. Is there a healthy use of social media at all? Maybe that's a direction that we should go. A good friend of mine got rid of all of his social media, and he said his life has improved in multiple ways. He's a young guy, he's got kids, and he just said his life is so much better. 888-528-2557. David from Culver City, welcome to Southern California Live. Thanks for taking my call. Um, I don't particularly love social media, uh, and but I don't think we should have censorship. I agree. But on the other hand, conservatives complain about censorship on Twitter and Facebook, and yet they want to censor books in school, books in libraries, teaching this, teaching that. You know, I think there should be a free exchange of ideas and people should be able to hear them and make up their minds. So, you know, I think the censorship is going on on both sides. I don't think it's just conservatives being censored on Twitter and Facebook. I haven't heard you defend all this banning of books uh, about the Holocaust, about critical race theory, about equity and justice. I mean, you know, if you think they're wrong, stand up and criticize them. Don't ban them. Okay, I think that's a good point, David. And, uh, you know, where is that line? What should be, is there anything that should be banned? And uh, for the record, I'm not for banning, uh, or especially some of the stuff that has been done, the burning of books and everything. Anything that's burning books, don't do that. You know, if the book needs to be gone, then then come up with a reason to get rid of it. But don't burn it. It has a... It just has a connotation that's bad. And and I think that we react the other way sometimes. So it's you ban us, I'm going to ban you. And then we're banning people who actually are speaking the truth maybe on both sides or who are adding to the conversation something that needs to be said. I think that's some of the the 
frustration that people feel is that maybe somebody's ideas are wrong, maybe they're even bad, but if you take them out of the conversation, you you lose the opportunity to uh, change their mind, you lose the opportunity maybe to address something that people think, but nobody wants to say it, but there it is, and it needs to be addressed because it's wrong, uh, factually wrong. It's a big problem. Where is the line, though? Is there a place that somebody should be kicked off of social media? Are there books to take David's point, that ought to be taken out. He mentioned the Holocaust one. There was a book uh, in Texas that's about, there's a couple of books that uh, there's nothing wrong with those books. Well, one book was added, allowed to stay in the library that says the Holocaust didn't exist, didn't happen. And a lot of criticism about that where the idea was, well, if you're going to take out these books or keep these books on CRT, then you need to keep these books on whether or not there was a Holocaust. Isn't there a place where we say, no, there was a Holocaust and we're not going to teach that there wasn't? We're not going to, where do you draw that line on something that is very, very truthful, uh, very accurate? Um, There's another book that teaches kids about the Holocaust and uh, I'd never seen it, but I kind of went through an online version of it and it's getting banned in some places but I didn't see anything wrong with that book. It, yeah, it's it's not something that is comfortable, but it was true, and that shouldn't be banned, in my opinion. Where do you draw the line, though? Is there, you know, I would say pornography and other things or certain things that maybe at a different age you could do it. Where do you do it? 888-528-2557. How do you deal with this? Are you on uh, social media? Do you uh, look at it as something serious? Does it get your blood pressure up? Does it really drive you crazy? There's some people on there who make me laugh because they have these deliberate fake accounts, which to me, it just sort of highlights the absurdity of the whole thing. You're listening to Southern California Live. You can join our conversation, 888-528-2557 is the number, 888-528-2557. Where is the line drawn when it comes to uh, speech in the marketplace, when it comes to where should people be banned from their social media or are there books or other things that ought to be banned elsewhere? 888-528-2557. Or is it better to just keep everything there? And then how do we deal with it when there are things that are being said and repeated that are demonstrably untrue? When there are things that might be damaging to people because they are demonstrably untrue. And then who decides this? Uh, you know, one of the stuff, things that we saw a lot during the pandemic is people would say things that at some point people said, no, that's not true. And then a year later, they turn out to maybe they are true. You know, this is something, the coronavirus is something that came out of a lab. No, that's not true. That's just some weird thing Trump's saying. And then a year later, well, you know, maybe it uh, was a lab leak of some kind and there's gain of function research. We don't know. We don't know for sure what's true, but that went from something that's debunked to something that is a legitimate possibility. 888-528-2557 is the number. There's a guy on Twitter, his name is, he, he goes by three-year letterman, and what he does is he, he's a pretend high school football coach who's just so into football that uh, you know he can't help himself. And it's kind of funny, and he writes all these people. He writes the president and other people with bad history and bad takes on whatever is going on. And it's deliberately not true, but then people argue with him. And I think that's the, the piece of it that is fascinating is that people are so eager to have an argument that they don't stop to think for a minute that maybe something is a joke. This is a guy who claims that he has so many championship rings that he can't turn doorknobs, that he has trouble turning doorknobs because he has too many rings on his fingers. Uh, that's pretty funny. Why would you pick an argument with that guy? Obviously, that's that's made up, right? Uh, 
today he posted this bit. The President Biden invited uh, Barack Obama back to the White House to talk about health care. It's the anniversary, I think, of Obamacare. And uh, this is the first time Barack Obama's been back to the White House since leaving office. Um, are you surprised that Donald Trump never invited him? Never, I don't think that ever happened that whole time. Um, and so that's the, the news story. But then he responds and he says, Joel, meaning President Biden, presidents don't invite their successors who they defeated in elections back to visit. And this sends a horrible anti-competitive message. I'm a youth football coaching legend, and I try to get my defeated opposing coaches fired from their jobs, not inviting them over for tea. So there's a million things in there that he says are just factually wrong and crazy. Obviously, uh, Biden did not defeat uh, President Obama. He defeated Trump. And obviously, the whole idea of getting opposing coaches fired. And then people respond, and they get so angry, and he just goes back at them. You know, somebody says Biden defeated Obama or did Obama defeat Biden? I missed that. And he goes, Biden won over Obama. That's why he has the POTUS account. (laughs) And he says, look, I think this is the stupidest thing I've ever seen. People have so much time on their hands to get into these arguments. Is there a place where speech should be banned or how do we interact? And as believers, how should we interact on our social media? 888-528-2557. 888-528-2557. Do you let yourself do you let yourself go in the media? Do you just fly into uh somebody else and then people go to your profile and see that you're a follower of Jesus and they have to edit out all the F bombs and the mean things that you had to say? It's pretty rough out there, isn't it? 888-528-2557. How far do we go with free speech? What takes us uh too far in all of that? Uh Elon Musk taking over uh, the Twitter machine is uh, going to be interesting. He could actually buy the whole company. He has, depending on what source you look at, $270 billion, with a B, according to the Washington Post, $299 billion, according to Politico. And with that kind of money, it depends on where the stock market is. He could lose $20 billion in a day. That's billion with a B. Twitter is worth $41 billion. He could buy the whole thing. Um, and that would change the conversation. And is this a good way to get involved if you have that kind of money? Is this a bad thing that our billionaires are taking over media? Jeff Bezos owns the Washington Post. I wonder if the Washington Post is better or worse or um, or if it's indifferent. Does it really matter? Or is the Washington Post going to be delivered by Amazon drones now? Uh, maybe that's the case. Um, how do you deal with the fake news that's out there? And how do you deal with it as a, as a Christian? Are you on social media? Have you had a good experience or a bad experience uh, on your Facebook or your Twitter uh, and your TikTok? Do you still have a secret TikTok account or do you feel like it's safe now to tell people you have a TikTok account? I remember when that was, you know, I think it's still something where you're probably giving all of your personal information to the Chinese government because the, um, the parent company owns that uh, software. TikTok has gotten huge. And uh, the kids are on it. People are on there all over the place. I think it's got more mainstream now, so there's a lot more people on there. You are giving away a lot of your personal privacy with social media. Uh, The reason it's free to you is because they're taking all of your information. The reason your free email service is free is because they scan your email and figure out what you are interested in, and then they send you advertisements based upon what you're interested in. Give it a try email about some product. Go out there and send your friend an email and say, I'm looking for good power converters. Do you have any ideas? And if you're using one of the free email accounts, then go on your online and pretty soon you're going to see advertisements for power inverters because you said it in one of your emails. 
Isn't that creepy? That's that's how it works. 888-528-2557. What speech ought to be banned? Is there some kind of speech that ought to be banned? This is the issue that's being talked about today with Elon Musk buying Twitter. Twitter has banned a lot of people. Here's some people who are, are banned from Twitter. Uh, Tucker Carlson's currently uh, banned uh, from Twitter. Uh, Charlie Kirk, banned from Twitter. Babylon Bee, which is a satire website, they're banned. Um, you, you tend to find it more on the conservative side on the social media, um, people getting banned. And I'm not always banned for um, really saying things that are false, just things that aren't politically correct, okay? So all of those guys are banned because they made a smart crack about uh, U.S. Health, Health Assistant Secretary Rachel Levine uh, pointing out that when she won Woman of the Year that she's uh, biologically a male. And you're not allowed to say that because the politics is, nope, she's a woman, even though she's not. 888-528-2557. Then you go into Twitter jail, and uh, you're not allowed to get your account back until you delete that. Shouldn't we be able to have a conversation about that issue? You can put uh, no gender on your American passport now. Did you know that? Uh, how's that going to work in other countries where they kind of want to know if you're male or female? Don't, isn't there a security reason that we want to know what your gender is? Isn't there a reason that if you're a country and people are coming in and you're giving out visas, don't you want to know? That's why we put your picture in there. It may not be a good picture, but we want to take a look at you. And we want your height and your weight and your hair color and all of that. But you're, you can't change that. You go to jail if you lie about that. But you can decide you're not a male or female or put the opposite if that's how you identify. That's the world we live in today, friends. This is Southern California Live. You can join the conversation, 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. We'll be back in just a moment. Stay tuned. Welcome back, everybody. SoCal Live, Scott Furrow with you today. We're asking the question is um, about social media. We're talking about social media. We're talking about freedom of speech. Is there a certain kind of speech that ought to be banned? One of the big stories in the news today is Elon Musk buying a big share of Twitter and how that will probably change that platform. And Twitter is known for banning people. Most notably, they banned uh, President Trump the day after the January 6th uh, deal. And uh, But they've banned lots of other people, sometimes short time, sometimes long term. And the question is, when do you do that? Is there a reason to do that? Is there value in keeping speech out there that may be uncomfortable or maybe even false? What's the, what's the deal there? And maybe as Christians, how do we respond to this? And what happens if the gospel begins to get banned? What happens if I go to Twitter jail because I tweet a Bible verse that is uncomfortable for people? What if I say Jesus is the only way? Uh, if I say no one comes to the Father but by Jesus. Am I going to get Twitter banned? Uh, and then should I care? How, what does that mean if that happens? 888-528-2557. Chris from Westminster, welcome to Southern California Live. Hey, thanks for taking my call. I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, what I'm grasping from what's, what's being said is um, I kind of get this sense that the, the battle's over truth, and that's something that I've kind of picked up over the years on my time on social media, from all the debates or discussions that I've been in, I think many people are battling this, this truth issue. And as a Christian, I do think maybe we have the upper hand, uh, and maybe it's biased to the, to the secular world. 
um, but we know that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And with that being said, I do think that as Christians, as believers, as just maybe regular people, uh, we have to decipher between a truth and a lie. And thank God we have the Bible and the Holy Spirit to help us discern between the truth and a lie. I don't believe people should be banned for saying uh, what they want to say. Uh, I do think there is probably a line, and maybe that's what you're trying to get at, so forgive me if I'm not getting no, to that exact good. answer, but, you know, the the uh, certain things like the pornography thing, like you were mentioning, maybe, um, but even things like the, the Bible used to, I, I was taught or told that in schools, uh, the Ten Commandments used to be up in the public schools. Now we don't even do that. So I guess my frustration is with those that are doing the banning, if you're going to ban everything, then ban it all. But if you're going to allow certain things, then maybe allow allow it all. I, I don't think is, there's probably a gray area, and I'm, I'm sure it's a small line. I think. Yeah, I think but it's hard I, to it's hard to find that line, Chris. Where would you say you talk about Christians on here? And uh, I guess it's a pet peeve of mine where there's all kinds of stuff going back and forth and nastiness and stuff, but it really bothers me when the Christians are involved and then suddenly, you know, I, I've read things where I'm going, I hope this person doesn't know Jesus, and then they throw Jesus into their nasty conversation. and Or it's something that just isn't true. Um, I've had people really frustrated with me because I'll point out something that's being forwarded around that Christians like that just didn't happen. Um, how does a Christian take a look at maybe something that they're reading online in your case, for example, what would you do? You hear a story, maybe it fits a political narrative that you like, or maybe it's shocking and you feel like people ought to know. How do you hold the trigger and not retweet it or forward it along? You got a thought about that, Chris? You know, I have, and I'm probably guilty of it if I'm being honest. I've probably shared things uh, that were probably mocking the other side politically, maybe even mocking uh, those that unbelief. So I'm, I'm guilty of it, and, I, and I've matured and learned over time to probably – not spread as much uh, mockery, if you will. Um, I've learned, too, through social media that to speak with a, a sincere, genuine place, um, I think people tend to listen to us more. So I think what I've learned personally is uh, I use the Bible a lot, or I use my faith, I use the Holy Spirit to guide me. Um, so I hope Christians uh, are doing that, uh, but we also are human. Um, we probably have a little... Uh, we probably have to hold it over our heads more to be more honest, more truthful, but we've got to do it in a loving way. And, I, and if I'm honest, I've had to learn to speak um, in, mo in a more loving tone on social media. But I have to say real quick, and I'll end here, is that through social media, it slowed my speaking down or thinking down so that when I do type it out, I'm very careful how I word it because I don't want it to come off too aggressive or too condemning or too judgmental to where it cuts the ears off of the listeners. So um, mm -hmm. it has been a growing process for me personally, but um, I, I do believe the truth is on our side, and I think that's what the battle is over. So hopefully I address some of your, your questions, um, and hopefully I put some food for thought out there for, for everyone else listening. All right, Chris, thank you very much for your call, and thank you for listening to our program. You can join the conversation now on SoCal Live, 888-528-2557 is the number. 888-528-2557. And uh, we're talking about social media and responding to the Elon Musk stories today, uh, him buying Twitter. And a lot of people are saying that 
maybe he brings Donald Trump back or maybe he brings people back. You know, I thought with uh, Donald Trump being out um, and then other various people who are more conservative who are out of the social media, what they tend to do is go out and they want to start their own. Uh, well, let's just start our own service. And you had uh, Parler, I think is what it's called, and Donald Trump has what he calls it Truth Social, uh, which the rollout has been pretty terrible. Do you think that people, if you if you find yourself in disagreement, that you should disengage and just start your own? I actually think that's a problem. I I think that you need to stay in the arena if you're going to be if you want to be in the arena. You can't create an arena where the other side doesn't punch at you and maybe land something. How do you learn? You know, how do you get something? Isn't it better if we're all in the same place? And maybe we have to change the the corporate approach. Uh, we have to change maybe what people think is the the government influence or the you know obviously in private companies they any private company any this show other things we're going to have an approach uh, to things that is based on our perspective for things but how do we continue to have uh, a truthful conversation and be able to kindly filter out what's false and in particular as Christians uh, it matters one time I years ago I had to. I had to eliminate, block a lot of Christians from my feed. It was on Facebook a long time ago uh, because they would chime into conversations I was having with non-believing friends with stuff that was not at all helpful in the conversation. Sometimes it would be mean. Sometimes it would be um, just not really factual or not even biblical. And it got so bad, I'm like, I don't think I want any Christian friends on here. And I had to create a whole category, which you can do, uh, for certain conversations that I wanted to keep uh, reasonable. Christians, we've got to be reasonable in the way we approach everything in the world today in a very unreasonable world. You can chime into our conversation now, 888-528-2557 is the number, 888-528-2557. Greg from Santa Clarita, welcome to Southern California Live. Hi. Hi, Greg. Hi, thanks for taking my call. Um. I- the point I, I wanted to make, and I'm not even sure where I come down on this, is that when it comes to freedom of speech, those are natural rights that um, the state has no role in. And, you know, the Congress is constrained and all that. And so we have to make a distinction, I'm thinking, between public space and private space. Mm-hmm. And Public space is where natural rights apply. You can't censor people. You can't discriminate on a religious basis. But when it comes to a private space, does Twitter and Facebook constitute a private space? And I don't know that. I don't know how the laws are written. But they're privately owned. Yeah. And do they have a right to ban Donald Trump? Well, maybe. Do I agree I... with that? No. But the way we overcome that is exactly what just happened. Elon Musk just became a primary shareholder, and he's beating them at their own game. He's going to take over Twitter and hopefully bring more balance to a privately held space. (laughs) I think that people do need to understand that these are private companies, that freedom of speech is about the government restricting you from speaking out against the government. And uh, but a private company, you know, your your company, the company I work for, we have things that we're not allowed to say um, and that would get us in a lot of trouble if we say them. And then you probably have that at your company. Private companies are there. And, you know, if Twitter or Facebook, they want to be um, a left wing organization, they have the right to do that. Um, And there's a lot of conversation about whether or not social media should be more like utilities, more like the phone company. 
more like the cable company that maybe is going to have some kind of government oversight in the future. It'll be interesting to see where that goes. Thank you for your call, Greg, on that. The number for SoCal Live is 888-528-2557. If you want to join our conversation, 888-528-2557. Jerry from Carson, welcome to Southern California Live. Hey, hey. Hey, uh, hey I'm a Christian. Uh, I just wanted to uh, just uh, sort of just give you my opinion. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm Afro-American, but um, I, ever since I met Donald Trump in person, ever since he uh, announced that he was running for president, you know, as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. He was in alignment with a lot of uh, beliefs that align with, you know, our beliefs in our household as, as, a, as a Christian family. So when he was ostracized from a social media platform, I gravely disagreed, and I championed him for starting his own platform because he, was, he didn't have a fair shake. And, you know, that was his platform because the media – was so against him, they would cut him off. They wouldn't let him get a word in uh, on national television, press conferences, uh, things of that nature. And it was so biased. The only other venue he thought he was safe in was to say, hey, now I have an outlet to say what I sort of want to say or what I didn't get out. And I believe if, if he was ostracized from that platform and then the only other platform he would have is to create his own. And he welcomed anyone to come for any type of criticism if you have it, you know, and that's constructive for him. At Do you least feel that, he has a fair shake. Let me ask you this, Jerry, as a uh, somebody who supports Donald Trump, what about if when he did say something or do something that was not really Christian, not something that um, Christians would say, oh, that's uh, somebody that I want representing me. You know, there are definitely things, you know, that – and I'm in fact, when we get back from the break, I'm going to play a montage of something recently – that happened in uh, the media that was really an attack on Donald Trump that very quickly became just completely made up, uh, not true misunderstanding, however you want to say it. That does happen. There's a lot of things he's accused of that when you when you watch the whole thing, and this is true also sometimes of uh, the President Biden or anybody in public life in the, the soundbite world that we live in, we take a snippet of something and then leverage it against that person or toward our, our thing. But should Christians have supported Donald Trump when he was clearly out of bounds? Uh, I feel like if you if it aligns with I mean no one is perfect. People told me um, vote for the lesser evil, but if you're more in alignment with uh, our Christian basis, how we're raising our kids, if you recognize three things: uh, one, you recognize Israel; two, you can take a stance against homosexuality; uh, three, you can you can stand up and condemn abortion. But- I got to go to a break here, but I mean, what? Not about the issues. I understand the argument about issues and lesser of two evils, but what about personal character and behavior? Uh, the per- the personal character, he who was without sin, let him cast the first stone. I would rather would we, someone stand up for America yeah. and throw us under the bus. Like we're I get that, now. but would we? But would we say that about? Would we? Are we consistent with people in both parties? So if if. If uh, Barack Obama had been tweeting the same stuff as Donald Trump, would we have had the same response? Uh, well, you know what? I took it sort of offensively when uh, I'm an Afro-American. He came to California, and he didn't come to our community. He came to see the uh, LGBTQ community in Hollywood. <clears throat> yeah, you know? that, was, a big, like, that was a big controversy. I got to go to a break, Jerry. I appreciate your call, and thank you for listening. 
Um, we are talking about social media and how we respond. You know, I think that being consistent is something that's another topic for another day uh, when we get into uh, those kinds of things. How do we stand up for what is true and what is right uh, on social media, on our platforms that we have? 888-528-2557 is the number. This is SoCal Live. We'll be right back. Welcome back, everybody. Southern California Live on a fantastic Tuesday afternoon. Good to be with you today. I'm Scott Furrow. The number is 888-LA-TALKS, 888-528-2557 if you want to join the conversation. We've been having a discussion that was inspired by the news story today of Elon Musk purchasing such a big part of Twitter and joining their board and the idea that he might be changing it from the standpoint of speech and what kinds of things are allowed And there's a lot of different directions we can go with this. And, you know, what is – are there certain kinds of speech that should be banned? How do you draw the line? Do you just separate, you know, right and left? Should there be a right Twitter and a left Twitter, all of that? And how do you deal with the falsehood that's out there? If there's a service that we can provide on the show, we really do need to do better as believers. We need to do better as Americans, but we need to do better as believers at being able to be consistent and discern uh, truth. Let me tell you something that uh, we were talking about Donald Trump a moment ago, and it's very hard, I think, to get to to if you are a, a Trump supporter. Uh, and the same would be true if you're a Biden supporter, right? You tend to defend your guy, and if the other guy did it, well, then it would be bad. Um, you know, we have those conversations about numbers and employment and inflation and all of those different things, gas prices, you know, well, gas prices were this and gas prices. We, we, we tend to come up with a spin for our side. Let's admit it. Everybody does that. But there's a place where you really have to try to find some truth. Uh, last week, I talked about a story that was breaking that was a huge story about the phone records at the White House and the Trump White House suggesting that there was a seven-hour gap on January 6th when all of that was going on outside the Capitol. And the news story was is that this gap must be missing, that it's missing from the phone logs, and this is a Nixon-esque kind of thing. Richard Nixon got in trouble because in the recordings, the Watergate tapes, there was 18 and a half missing minutes. And there was some crazy story about how they got accidentally erased, supposedly, uh, by a secretary. And then, But the way she would have had to accidentally erase them would have required her to put her right foot on a pedal on the floor and be reaching with her left arm uh, farther than she's even tall in order to hit a button on a shelf somewhere. And uh, it just wouldn't, it just wasn't true. And everybody knew it wasn't true. And those 18 and a half minutes probably did in president Nixon. It was the cover up, um, not the actual crime that had been committed by his people. Well, when a story like that, gets broken. Something that I've learned is uh, you have to just kind of wait and especially kind of, it's worse with Donald Trump. I don't know what it is with the attacks on Trump. I think that there is such an eagerness to get him in New York. You know, his company is under scrutiny and the DA was getting ready to prosecute Trump. And now the new DA in New York has dropped that case or is not going to pursue it. And if you read the story from the New York Times down in the, you know, about 20 paragraphs in, they say the reason that he's not pursuing it actually is because they can't prove that Donald Trump personally had anything to do with the financial irregularities that uh, were discovered. And they probably did find some, you know, financial irregularities. All of the Trump accountants quit 
when all of your accountants quit, uh, something's up, right? So they found something. But the story is, oh, Donald Trump's going to go down for this. But, it, you know, the story is, well, they couldn't actually say that Donald Trump had anything to do with it personally. You think about it. He's the CEO of Trump Organization. He's probably not um, nitpicking down there with, with the accountants. They might The accountants might be doing his will. He might have said, hey, you know, fudge these numbers or something. You don't know that that's not true, but uh, proving it is a whole different matter in a legal sense, and that's what the uh, the Times ultimately said. Well, with this issue with the uh, the seven hours of missing phone calls, here's a montage of what the media said on this. This is from every source of media out there. There's Democrats in here. There's Republicans in here. Uh, go, Wilbert. The ghetto president that they thought Obama would be is officially Donald Trump. This dude is walking like he's Bodie from The Wire with burner phones and erasing phone records. Trump, or someone in his administration, appears to have actually tampered with the records. These White House records are not just incomplete. The gap suggests staggering and potentially willful omissions. Seven hours makes the 18 minutes of erased Oval Office tapes around Watergate look like a game of patty cake. Donald Trump, a man who makes Richard Nixon look like a Boy Scout. Donald Trump makes Nixon look like a piker. Donald Trump has acted like a mafia boss. He didn't want a record of the calls, and, and what he was saying in those calls is, uh, is anybody's guess. There appears to be a real cover-up of who Trump was talking to while the mob was attacking and ransacking the Capitol. Was he talking to people uh, that were in the Oath Keepers or some of the other rioters? Uh, that were involved in this. It looks like he made a decision. I'm going to take this offline for the next seven and a half hours. To me, that's really compelling evidence of his state of mind. What this shows is he's staying out of sight in order not to have any record of what he's talking about. That would actually be, in a real trial, something that would trigger a consciousness of guilt instruction. This clearly is a crime if it involves dishonesty and trickery. And of course, that defines the Trump actions on this. This is a very big deal. And it's just more evidence of bad faith by Donald Trump. Donald Trump and his allies, whether they removed calls from the log or they made secret calls on burner phones, knew what they were doing was wrong and tried to hide it. Simple as that. All of that stuff you just heard that was in the news and all the news stations last week, none, all of it is made up speculation. None of it's true. CNN later would report in the seven hours during which the White House records show no phone calls uh, among the official report is there's nothing wrong with the record. That all of that speculation, the burner phones, the speculation about January 6th, then all of the different people involved, everything that you heard from all of those um, people is just made up. And according to people who are looking at it, the January 6th phone log, the, the phone log from, you know, the landline or whatever they got in the White House, um, it does um, have a gap, but that's a gap when the president was using other phones and his usual habit of using cell phones and other things, all those records work. And some people, you know, accuse him of bypassing the call log and, you know, there's those kinds of things that happen. But the the point is, is how many people got outraged about that and it didn't happen? This happens all the time. There are things that Donald Trump does that probably people ought to talk about, but it gets buried in people really hoping for something to be true that uh, just isn't true. The media does it. It happens on social media. How do we keep from pushing the stuff all around as believers you know, on whatever side. I try to be really careful there. So the last week I brought that up. And what I said was, I'm only going to talk about it for a second because we often find out these things aren't true later. And here we found out it wasn't true later. We are so eager to make a point to win our side 
that anything that's on our side, whatever that is, we just forward it out there and we end up accusing people falsely all the time. I encourage you if you if you're not a fan of President Biden and he says something goofy, you know, and you're hearing that online, go out there and just and go to cspan.com or something and watch the whole speech. Watch everything he says. It's it might be exactly as goofy as you think and it also might be that what you're hearing is not true. I think that's a discipline, a practice that if you want to be truthful in your thinking and in your conversations in this gossipy world that we live in, uh, we as believers have got to be ones who represent the truth, even if it doesn't fit an agenda that we, we hope to be. One more call here, Sean from San Diego. Sean, welcome to Southern California Live. I like that bumper music, Scott. What was that, Marshall Tucker Band? Yeah, you know what, uh, Wilbert, what was that? Is he right? We got to get more. The Allman Brothers. It was yeah. the Allman Brothers. Allman Brothers. Can we request um, Devil on, on a Christian? Christian I don't show? think we're. I don't. Thing? I don't think we're taking requests today, <laughs> as uh, we're done spinning them here in one minute. So you got twenty seconds. Hey, so if Elon bought part of those nine point eight billion, um, very next day made two. I think it was two point six million on it because it went up thirty percent on Twitter. But he. He didn't buy Facebook or Instagram, which is down. I think I think they're down like twenty twenty five percent for the year. Kind of said something, and I, I'm not sure what it says, but the importance of Twitter in comparison to to the I gotta, other two. In- I got to go, Sean. I'm out of time. I got thirty seconds, and it's a hard break. You know, I think uh, you know we don't even know. That's the maybe I'll leave it with this. We don't actually know Elon Musk's. Uh, reason for doing all of this. Maybe he's just uh, trying to make some money because when he buys it, everyone else bought it today. Maybe he's going to sell it tomorrow and make a bunch of money. Um, You never know. Um, Hopefully that's not the case, but that might be the case. That happens. This is why we have to figure out the truth and kind of wait and see. And there's so much speculation about all of this. I'm out of time. This is Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow. Go to kkla.com to get the podcast. I'll be uh, back later this week. God bless you. See you then. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.